I've always preached and what I've always lived and experienced is you create the right culture in your restaurant and the people that work there that feel like they're part of a family will tell their friends, which if you have good employees, that's one of the best place to get other good employees is a good employee's friend gives a referral uh, and bringing that people on. And then that retention and that turnover, uh, the turnovers reduce, your retention goes up. That's the long-term magic. You're not going to want to miss this episode. We talked about leadership, team building, passion, finance, marketing, operations, the keys to success, and genuine community service for all the right reasons. This franchise concept is called Mountain Mike's Pizza. With me are Mr. Chris Britt and Mr. Jim Mativier, and they're going to talk all about the magic dust of running a successful business. You're going to learn so many key nuggets of information from this episode, so stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Rockstars, from one veteran operator to another, you want raving fans for your restaurant. And it's all about turning more first-time guests into regular repeat visitors. Let me tell you about Pop Menu. Pop Menu is the full digital solution for independent restaurant owners. Starting with a powerful mobile-friendly website, dynamic interactive menus you can update on the fly, online ordering and delivery, and a complete automated marketing platform, PopMenu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need so you can focus on what matters most, your guests and your food. If you're a restaurateur, PopMenu can take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, PopMenu is offering our listeners $100 off your first month plus an unchanging lifetime rate. Why not get a free demo and see what PopMenu is all about? Go to popmenu.com slash rockstars. Let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and we are hoping to help you rediscover the passion for the restaurant business, despite the challenges we've all been through. With me today, I have Mr. Chris Britt and Mr. Jim Mativier, and they are with Mountain Mike's Pizza, a fast-growing pizza chain out in the West. They have over 228 locations. Wow, what an operation. And I've actually spoken to them before because they have another concept called Juice It Up, which we'll be releasing shortly, but now we're going to talk pizza. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Roger. Good morning. Really, really excited to have you here. Now, pizza obviously is 
literally one of the fastest growing segments. It is the hottest segment out there. I mean, there's so much competition in pizza and you guys have you know done so well with Mountain Mike's, but let's start with the history of this particular brand. I know it's quite old. I think it's 40 something years old. And I'd really like to hear the history of the brand and what your acquisition was like, how long you've had it and what you've done to change it. Let's let's start with the history of the brand and then we'll get on with it. Okay. Um, I think I'll take that one. Uh, but yeah, Mountain Mike's, Roger, wow, 43 years in business. It's actually pretty incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, my partner, Ed Tange, Jim and I, who acquired the brand about five years ago, uh, we actually have some memories going way back because we went to Stanford together in the uh, early 80s. And the very first Mountain Mike's restaurant was literally on the edge of the Stanford campus. It opened in 1978. Little did we know when we were young undergraduates going to Mountain Mike's that one day it would not only become a chain, but that we would actually own the chain. Um but yeah, we had some fond memories back then. Now, by the way, it's not a Mountain Mike's anymore. It's a Starbucks because Starbucks <laughs> took over so much real estate, you know, back in the day. But uh, but gosh, you know, uh, you know, Mountain Mike's did in fact become a chain, and you know, I think today you'll hear a lot of the reasons why that is: um, food, franchisees, community, all those great things that you know Mountain Mike's is about. Um, but uh, gosh, fast forward to about 2015 when Ed and I were kind of looking for opportunities with some franchisor uh, businesses. And, you know, we had been Burger King franchisees for 10 years uh, from 2004 to 2014. We really enjoyed that experience. One day we said, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to be franchisor and really, you know, take a crack at that because, you know, we had three franchisors and we were Burger King and a lot of things that, you know, we felt we would do differently if we ever had an opportunity. Um, and so lo and behold, Mountain Mike's presents itself. Many years later, decades later, and we kind of chuckled and then we dug deep and found, gosh, look at these great attributes of the business, not only the pizza space in general and how profitable it is and how large it is and it continues to grow, but just the great franchisees and the Mountain Mike system, which had been there for 10, 20, 30 years, the fabric was so strong. And uh, we felt that uh, with a little bit of you know bringing in the right partners, the right leadership team like Jim, who's done a great job as the president COO, uh, and just sort of building on the foundation, we had a really good opportunity to grow uh, Mountain Mike's and really take it to the next level. And that's really what's happened over the past five years, uh, which we you know look forward to telling you about today. But you know, um, in addition to our great franchisees, you, know, you, you look at our great leadership with Jim, and he'll tell you his story. He's got a great hospitality story. Uh, and I'll just throw it over to you, Jim, and you know, <clears throat> give your perspective. Yeah, Jim, I'd love for you to start with your hospitality background, because that's a typical question that my audience always wants to hear. What's your backstory? How did you get into this business? Did you start young? What, you know, what was your career trajectory? Let's start there, and then let's talk about your perspective on what Chris uh, said on you know the history of the brand and the acquisition and, and the plans forward. Let's hear your perspective on all that. Sure. Great. Yeah, I've uh, been in the restaurant space for, oh my goodness, <clears throat> it's almost 30 years now. So. I guess I'm dating myself, but uh, I actually uh, I went to school. I had never had never worked in restaurants or fast food or anything like that um, until after I got out of business school. Uh, actually, dropped my resume as a joke into uh, PepsiCo restaurants. There was actually a, a box at a job fair. I was like, oh, I can work in restaurants, and uh, didn't know what I was getting into. <clears throat> Interviewed with KFC down in Orlando, Florida, and um, 
found out that, hey, this is real business. The restaurant space is, I mean, everything that I had learned uh, uh, from a theory perspective could be applied in the restaurant. So I jumped in with KFC as an assistant manager uh, when one restaurant down in Orlando, and it is the toughest job. Uh, that you could ever do is working in restaurants, but it's also one of the most fulfilling jobs and one of the most fun jobs. And, um, you know, it probably took me about six months to figure out how everything works in a restaurant. You can serve your guests and serve your teams well, um, but uh, just fell in love with it. And uh, the people uh, on both sides of the counter. And uh, I worked uh, in restaurants for about three years and I think I was 13 different KFCs in Orlando. You'd fix one. And then you move to the next one, which is usually the worst one. And then you fix that one. And uh, but hey, it's you you learn from the from the ground up. You know, you work a ton of hours. You build that core crew around you, uh, and then it all comes together and it's magic. Uh, and then eventually, I jumped out of the restaurants and got moved into marketing, and uh, worked in marketing down in Orlando, and then uh, went up to uh, the restaurant support center in Louisville, Kentucky. And then I worked in marketing, I worked in finance, I worked in development and strategy, um, market planning, and then um, eventually, uh, also, what else did I do? Uh, I worked in something called New Concepts. So you remember when Yum was doing uh, multi-branding? So when they were putting KFCs with A&Ws and Taco Bells and Long Johns and uh, worked in that for a few years. So I actually got to learn how to put businesses together from every aspect. How do you get two concepts to work as one concept in one location, marketing operations? Uh, so I got a lot of experience in understanding how that business works, supply chain, computers, all that type of stuff. And um, eventually went back to KFC and ran the East Coast for KFC as the uh, general manager at a thousand restaurants and about 190 franchisees and about a hundred company restaurants. Uh, and then uh, got promoted to chief operating officer for all of KFC US. We had 4,500 restaurants at the time and 633 franchisees. And what I loved about that was really working with franchisees. Um, it's like the American dream for franchisees. It's it's just trying to create and leave a legacy for your family. So I worked with a lot of passionate franchisees, some second, third, even fourth generation KFC franchisees who could always tell you about a story about when they were eight years old and they sat on the colonel's lap and he sang happy birthday to him. And, uh, so you get a great perspective and a passion for your franchisees. And it really helps kind of ground you in why you are there. And it is to serve your franchisees and help enable that dream to come true. And so everything I did after that was really about um, really trying to help people unlock their dreams in the business. So how did I get to Mount Mike's? Uh, I ran a, a regional brand after I left KFC as president. Is a it's called Biscuitville. is a breakfast lunch concept, uh, and that was 100% company. Uh, I really wanted to get back into something with franchise. I got a call uh, from Chris and Ed, and I talked to them. And the first thing I I loved about them was that these guys used to be Burger King franchisees, and so they also knew what it took or what it was like to walk in the shoes of franchisees because they were franchisees. And that was a challenged brand. I think my first question or comment was, how did that go for you? And uh, they did really well. I think they were franchisees for, I think it was 10 years, Chris. Yes. And um, so that was the first thing that was like, okay, these guys are going to share the same passion I have for franchisees. They also understand how it is 
to work in a challenge business. Uh, and then I flew out to California, met with them. We immediately clicked. We had the same vision for the brand. And these, these guys are all in. They love this brand. They've got a long-term vision for the brand. And because of that, they wanted to invest in this brand, which is also important, right? You don't want to just jump into something and then three to five years later, it's like, okay, that was fun. It's going to somebody else. Let's really create a legacy. And so when I met, uh, when I visited the restaurants at Mount Mike's, I saw a few things. The first thing I saw was every franchisee I met, they had pretty much grown up in the system. Um, we have about 115 franchisees and they've got, as Chris said, 10, 15 year tenure. Uh, most of the time they got into it because they either had a family member or somebody they knew that was a Mountain Mike's franchisee who had the passion for it. And so they joined our family. And so we've got passionate franchisees. And so for me, the most important thing is a foundational mi mindset. And if your franchisees are passionate about the brand, you're 80% of the way there. They're going to do the right things for their teams and for their guests. Uh, and then the next thing I saw was, uh, well, I tried the pizza because, you know, pizza, it's a commodity, right? And and some of the brands, I won't name the brand that I work with at Yum, um, you know, it, uh, it was about delivery, it's about carry out, and it's like price point driven. And because it's price point driven, the ability for franchisees to make really good profits is, um, it's kind of touch and go, right? So you've got to do things like lower the costs. When you lower the costs, where do you go? Well, you can only go so deep on labor, so you got to go to the food. And so that shows. Uh, Mountain Mike's, we're a premium product. We, we charge appropriate price, uh, and we're all about like the quality of the product. It's dough made fresh daily. It's sauce made in-house. I remember when I went through training, they had these huge blocks of mozzarella cheese, and I'm like, what do we do with this? Doesn't the cheese come in shredded packs, you know, pre-sealed and vacuum packed? And I was like, no, you cut your cheese in the restaurant. You cut your vegetables in your restaurant, high quality meats and, and uh, toppings. And, you know, the pizza was covered edge to edge. It was a huge amount of product, um, but it was the best pizza I've ever, ever tasted. And I'm not being a homer. I tasted it. And I was like, OK, I get this. I get what this concept is about. It's about the food. It's about the passionate franchisees. And also those franchisees serve their communities. So all that magic came together. Um, and the other thing that I looked at was our, our, our tools and processes were quite, um, they had an opportunity, I'll just say. And uh, so we're doing this, we're winning for 40 plus years, but yet we still have blue skies because if we put some systems and tools and processes to further help our franchisees, bring in guests and then drive profit, we're going to win. So that was my short 30 second elevator speech for you. Wow, that was something. I I had so many takeaways from that. I heard leadership. We talked about team building. We talked about vision. We talked about passion. All these things are key to having a successful concept. Whether you got one independent unit, or you got three hundred units, you know, across the country, around the world. It those are the common elements, and it's all about hospitality. That was awesome. We also talked about you know Chris and Ed's nostalgia for the brand. And isn't it remarkable, you know, how you never know what's going to happen and where you're going to end up and you loved something so many decades ago. And then all of a sudden now you own the company. It's extraordinary what you can do in this business. You know, I've had employees that started as dishwashers and now one of them owns his own restaurant after working with me for years. I mean, it's unlimited. This business is so dynamic and ever-changing. So let's talk about what has changed since the acquisition, because the company existed for 40-something years. 
And obviously they were doing something right. Did you fix what wasn't broken? Did you fix things that were broken? What were the changes and how did that, you know, what was the end result that moved the company forward since the acquisition? Sure. I can start with that. And I'm sure Jim, you know, of course has a lot to add to this. Um, the shorter answer is what didn't you change? <laughs> I can tell you right away, not the food, the pizza, right? So that, that's the best, we, we had the best raw material you could possibly have in the restaurant business. Jim already talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yep. we could talk about it endlessly, but um, it all started right there. Um, but um, first and foremost, you know, if you're going to build a franchise brand, you, you really need to have all the support, the tools, the leadership, the guidance of professional restaurant and franchise people. So we inherited a brand, honestly, that um, was succeeding despite not really having all that. Um, There was really no franchise support center. There was really not a lot of those traditional franchise support tools. So the first thing that we saw was, hey, let's let's build out a leadership team. Let's Let's build out a people team. So literally, Roger, we've gone from when we acquired the brand, it was Ed and myself. Uh, we had a couple of other people that were involved at the time, but that was it. Um, we, we moved the office down here. We brought in a whole leadership team led by Jim. And now we have a franchise support center that I want to say is world-class. It's a bunch of rock stars. We've got 25 people now in our support center across all those functions that you need, operations, marketing, finance, development, uh, leadership, you know, all those different training, um, Mountain Mike's didn't have this. I mean, yet our franchisees were succeeding. So first and foremost, it's really all about the people. Um, I'm sure you'll hear more about that from Jim. You know, secondly, just the marketing of the brand. Uh, there wasn't any professional marketing effort. Uh, they didn't have an agency which was doing uh, some good work for sure um, that we that we inherited at the time. But you know, it was all analog marketing. There was no digital component. There was actually no online ordering to speak of. Literally. I mean, imagine that you're in the pizza business. Mm-hmm. There's no way to order except to go into the restaurant or to uh, use the phone. So one of the first things we did was get that rolling so we can get a, a mobile web experience initially. And now we've since introduced a world-class mobile app. So we've got that that all covered. But we went from zero to maybe 18% of sales pre-COVID digital because of that investment in 17 and 18. Um, and then uh, we're at 42%. Now, 42% of Mountain Mike's business is now digital. Now, part of that is also another thing we brought on, which was the third-party delivery platforms. The franchisees were deadly afraid of using that because of the quote-unquote you know, marketing commission. Yeah. We did a whole study to show our franchisees that uh, most of that business is incremental. Those are really DoorDash customers, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Postmates. Um, and, and so we did a whole market test and we established that. So then we got beyond that with our franchisees and between, uh, really then and through the pandemic, we've got 95% of the franchisees on all four platforms and they've seen really dramatic increases, not only in sales from those platforms, but also their own in-house delivery, which they've been doing for decades. So every aspect of the business has grown, um, on uh, the digital marketing front, we, you know, we now have you know paid advertising, paid search. We've got great platforms like Cardlytics, which is a bank loyalty program, which we were an early adopter of. That you know anyone that out here in you know the West and California has 
Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, they're going to find uh, Mount Mike's opportunities on their bank loyalty programs. So um, those are a few of the things that we did kind of right away that I think maybe had a really strong impact. But I'm going to throw that over to Jim. I'm sure he's got a, a great perspective on this. No, you took everything, Chris. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. That was one of the things, like really lay a strong foundation. As Chris said, <clears throat> his the predecessors who own the company uh, weren't as focused on that. You know, um, I actually think their office was out in Florida. It's kind of hard to run a brand in California from Florida. So one of the things that um, we did, uh, which I started a little bit over three years ago, really connect with the franchisees and let them know there is a, a face. We are partners with them. We are here for them. Really change that culture. That's not about, hey, you know, do what we say, pay the royalties, but more like, hey, we're here only because of you. And if you're not successful, we're not successful. So we only win if we win together and really come alongside of franchisees and understand where their pain points are and what, what they needed. And then everything, everything Chris said <clears throat> about um, building same store sales, my, uh, my head of uh, marketing, uh, Carol Donembo, she used to always say, we're the best kept secret in pizza. And so really trying to create a louder share of voice uh, and through some new technology, much more digital than analog, let's just say. Uh, and helping educate our franchisees on there's better ways of doing things. Because, look, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you drop a bunch of coupons and you hope people show up. But there's ways to connect nowadays that weren't there 10 years ago. And so, as Chris said, we've really uh, uh, tapped into that and really educated people on, hey, this is why we do this. And we've had great results from it. The franchisees really buy into it. Um, additionally, like I don't think Chris mentioned this, but we didn't have a, a mobile app. And uh, so we had a great web experience, but there was no app and no loyalty program. We actually just launched that in May. And so, you know, we're in the process of driving more people onto the app. And then we're going to even have another uh, vehicle to actually uh, interact with our, our guests as well. But, you know, the most important thing in restaurants is that hospitality piece. It's how do you connect with your franchisees? How do you help your franchisees connect with their teams and their teams connect with their guests? And so we've been putting a lot more emphasis on that uh, with them. Uh, we actually are just coming out with a learning management system this year, which actually we are rolling out in convention, which is in, oh my goodness, four weeks. So we're running around here crazy. Um, but that's something they've never seen before. I mean, the, before for them to get training, there was an ops manual that probably sat on the shelf and it was much more kind of local knowledge of, Let's pass this down. This is how you do that. Now we have an interactive uh, video system uh, that both trains and certifies team members and franchisees that really help our franchisees unlock that potential, uh, hopefully lower turnover, especially in this space, and uh, really drive much more satisfaction and culture in our restaurants. If you look at the Mountain Mike's website, it's like the pizzas, literally, you can see them, smell them, and taste them just by looking at them. And they look very topping generous. And I understand, much like myself, I was in the pizza business for 20 plus years, and we made our own sauce every day, and we made our own dough fresh every day, and we charged a premium price for a premium product, and that was our formula for success. And you're doing the same. How are you striking a balance with that huge labor challenge right now with the extra time it takes to do the best thing in terms of quality? How do you find that balance? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a firefight out there to get labor, and so it's really a challenge. Um, our franchisees are just like everybody else, doing everything they can to maintain the right staffing, um, but they do a, a really good job, especially in this environment. And I think it's because they built a culture 
in the restaurants before the challenge of, I guess, a year, you know, maybe it's more than a year now, 18 months of, you know, reducing that turnover. So having people that really love to come to work, creating that family environment within the four walls. Uh, so once people get in, if they give them a great training experience, bring them into their restaurant family, if you will, um, they're going to have a, a reduction in um, in turnover, right? Which is, helps from a labor perspective. That's not to say that it's, it's not a challenge every day it is. Um, from a food cost perspective, we actually do really, really well. Um, our products, they are premium, but uh, with the prices that we charge, um, I can't really tell you what the food cost is because of all the you know, legal stuff, but um, it's stronger than I've ever seen in any other brand that I've ever worked before. And so because of that, they're making, uh, let's say, good money. And uh, you could tell that because our turnover of franchisees, I mean, again, long term, very little churn of our franchise base. And when somebody does sell a restaurant, uh, somebody's there's a line of people to buy it because it's a really strong business model. Let's talk about your supplier network. Obviously, there's tremendous leverage with 200 plus units. So that obviously helps. That is definitely an advantage over a smaller chain or an independent restaurant. Your buying power must be tremendous. Um, are all the franchisees, you know, working with the same suppliers in your in the Western states? Yep, absolutely. To lock in those have, savings, yeah. Yep, we have one supplier and, uh, well, two DCs now that support our restaurant, but we're going actually to three DCs because we are expanding. Um, we've been historically based in California. I think we had four restaurants outside of the state of California. So recently, uh, we just opened up two in Oregon. I went for a total of three with one more on deck before the end of the year. So we'll be four in Oregon. We've got Idaho on deck. We're about to open a restaurant uh, either December or January in Idaho will be there. <clears throat> we have one in Utah with another five on deck. Uh, we have agreements in Arizona, Colorado, and Texas. So we're actually actively developing eight different states. And so because of that, we had to get ahead of that supply chain wise, but we've got a solution and uh, we feel we feel good about where we're going. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing to add to that, just to uh, because the other thing, like within the DC distributor framework, obviously there's all these great uh, suppliers, right? You know, cheese, boxes, sauce, pepperoni, you know, those vendors are true longtime partners with Mountain Mike's. If you looked at those, vendors uh you're talking debt you know in many cases decades mm -hmm. and so and and they've they've been uh probably among our greatest supporters because we've grown obviously we've grown so much i mean mountain yeah. mics yeah we're gonna cross, heroes <laughs> we're gonna cross 250 restaurants and over 250 million in system sales this year last year system sales 206 million so that kind of growth that garners a lot of attention and, and our suppliers are some of our best partners. Yeah. yeah, that's unbelievable. That's fun. Those are fantastic results. And it's obviously a testament to everything we've talked about that is the magic formula of running a successful franchise company or any restaurant for that matter. Let's talk about competitive advantages. Besides quality, what else do you hang your hat on at Mountain Mike's? Yeah. Do you want to start, Chris? You want me to? Well, you know, I'll start with one thing because I love talking about it because we're also the sports pizzeria of choice. We have been for, you know, a long time. Uh, and, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, of course, you know, we've had those partnerships with all the teams up there. Hmm. Uh, San Francisco Giants, Golden State Warriors, and they're winning championships. We're selling tons of pizza on those uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, San Jose Sharks. And most recently, you know, one we're really, really proud of, uh, 
which gosh, it's almost been four years. You know, we are the official pizza of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's just been a great partnership. Uh, awesome. And, you know, one that we expect to continue for quite a long time. Um, you know, this is their 75th year this year. So we have a big celebration plan. We've got, you know, a lot of things coming. Maybe I'm going to leave it to Jim to reveal any of those he might want to, but uh, it's going to be a great fall. But, you know, we partner with the big leagues to serve the little leagues. I mean, that's what we're all about. You know, we love seeing sports teams and having fundraisers and, you know, uh, team meetings, you know, you, you name it. We have tons of that stuff at Mountain Mike's. And, you know, that, that just isn't, there's not a lot of places to go for that kind of thing anymore. Right. So we love our dining and carry out business. We've had faster growth, I think, than any other brand in that piece, but we love our dining piece. You know, we love our dining rooms, our outdoor patios. People love coming to Mountain Mike's and seeing all the big screens and gathering together. I mean, that's, that's the one thing I want to, I think is really differentiating about Mountain Mike's when you look at the pizza business. That sounds yeah, like marketing that, gold to me. Go ahead, Jim. No, yeah, that, I was going to just hit what Chris said. I mean, obviously, our our franchisees are passionate, and because of that, uh, that is what drives our business. Yes, our product is gold, but if you don't have great franchisees running great restaurants, it doesn't really matter. But uh, and by the way, with our franchisees, our expectation of every franchisee that joins a family is that they're very involved in the community. Right. They don't just sit behind a counter and take orders. It's not about that. It's how do you connect with schools and churches and businesses to really become a pillar in the community? Mm-hmm. Um, and then because of the, the concept that we have, Chris hit it right on the nose. It's not just about delivery and carryout, which is probably 95 percent of uh, pizza out there. Right. It's just order it and it shows up at your door. We do that. But we have what a lot of people have shied away from is that dining piece. So all the all that time our franchisees spend in the community, the community comes back and celebrates in our restaurants. And it's about sports on television. It's about um, we have actually arcade games in, in most all restaurants. Uh, we have flexible dining space. So you can bring 20 people in with the Little League or whatever it might be, soccer team that comes in and they order uh, something else that differentiates us, and we haven't talked about it, it's, it's part of our name. It's the mountain size pizza. It's the largest pizza in the top 20 chains out there. It's 20 inches of excitement, uh, covered edge to edge. Actually, you talked about our product. If you order a mountain uh, a mountain size pepperoni, there's over 200 pepperonis on it and a whole pound of cheese. I mean, it's, it's an experience when you see the mountain in a restaurant. You're going to see a few of those around uh, a you know, Little League team celebrate and have a good time while mom or dad have a beer or a wine and, and watch the Niners on the football uh, on TV. So, yeah, one, one other thing I just want to – if I can add one other thing because it's, it's really – you know, this is another great thing about being in the franchise. I think the restaurant business is, you know, we'll wake up on a particular day, see, have a Google feed, and then we'll see one of our franchisees – and we, well, we wouldn't have known this where they're presenting a check. I'm thinking of recently up in Stockton, our Robin Hood franchisee. That's the name of the street. He could be Robin Hood as well. But, uh, and he's presenting a, what was it, $25,000 check for a fallen police officer? Just, just out of the that's, blue, it appears awesome. in the news. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of thing happens all the time at Mountain Mike's. Yeah. And, and that's what's great about oh, the wow. franchise businesses. Those franchisees that do it well they just do those things, right? You don't need to teach that. Right. You don't need to teach that. So that has happened so many times in four and a half years, Roger, 
that's one of the great things about being in a franchise business is you get to see those stories. It just gives you goosebumps when you see that kind of thing. It's genuine and it's authentic. And even though it is great press, it it, it doesn't come from a financial standpoint or a business standpoint. It comes from the heart and it comes from the right people involved in your concept. That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. I'm glad you shared that. That that, that was tremendous. You talked about patios and indoor dining and all these things. What happened when the pandemic hit and how did you guys, did you just pivot completely to takeout and delivery and that sort of thing? And how, when did you start getting back to normal? You want me to go, Chris? Yeah, go ahead. Joe. Yeah, they, they basically <laughs> shut dining down. We didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so we lost 25% of our business overnight. Now, the good thing is we did not lose 25% of our sales. Um, we actually converted um, all <laughs> of those sales for the most part over to delivery and carry out. Actually, our delivery and carry out went through the roof. I think we had two weeks of negative sales and uh, one week of flat sales, but never to that to that point of the 25% mix. But we shut our, our dining rooms down. Of course, here at the Franchise Support Center, as soon as all the stuff started happening, we were having daily uh, um, crisis calls and uh, talking to franchisees every day as well. That communication went through the roof and created a whole bunch of different tools that uh, needed to be executed in the restaurant and procedures to ensure everybody was safe, our teams and our guests. And um, But yeah, we lost the dining business, uh, but we we drove delivery care. Actually, I think in Q4 of this year, if you just look, or last year, if you just look at our delivery carryout, same store sales growth, we hit... 50, uh, 40, over 40%. Q1, we hit over 50% growth. So we blew the doors off. And it was because, again, it was a testament to our franchisees who listened, responded, did the right things, gave guests uh, and their teams a safe environment. And of course, our pizza is fantastic. So everybody's sitting in the house going, I need to order something. We had a louder voice out there and people that weren't our users tried us and the ones who are passionate about us tried it, used us multiple times. Um, and so things are great. Um, and then <clears throat> earlier this year, the regulations lightened up a little bit. We started getting 25%, 50%, 100% um, occupancy in the dining room. And so we followed that. And of course, every county uh, had a different rule. And so we had to work with every franchisee one-on-one to help make sure that they were aware. Um, and um, we actually started getting our, our dining room sales back. We're not at 100% yet. Um and I think a lot of that is driven off of, you know, businesses pivoted where there's a lot of people not going into office, they're working at home. So behaviors changed, but uh, we're, we're, we're doing really well. And I think the dining piece, uh, the amount we got back is, is great. But I think the, the extra amount that will come in the future is just going to be additive to where we are. Wonderful. Chris, you have anything to add to that? Gosh, no. Uh, other than, other than uh, again, it just comes back to, I have so much pride for our franchisees because you know, in California, over the last three or four years, we had fires, right? That shut restaurants down. Oh, yeah. That burned a couple of yep. restaurants. Yeah, yeah, right. They were exactly. rebuilt. And our franchisees showed great resiliency through that and had great charity through that as well. Uh, but throughout COVID, our guys remained open. They didn't close. We didn't have, we didn't have you know, through labor challenges and COVID challenges and, and supply chain challenges. We didn't have restaurants closing for a day or three days. We can't do this. We can't do that. Our guys remain open the whole time. I mean, I almost want to knock on wood when I say that because I read about other brands that got to close 
restaurants here, there, and there because of these issues. But gosh, Mountain Mike's franchisees, if you're listening, be very proud of yourselves for staying open because you know you guys, you know you guys and gals have done that. Amazing, amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping you guys share this podcast with each and every one of your franchisees because it's clearly a testament to their operation and how they train their teams and the approach to the business, which all starts from the top. That's tremendous. Let's go back to the pizza real quick. Have you been able to trademark that term curly pepperoni? <laughs> that seems <laughs> yeah. like a hook to me. I mean, the I legendary that pizza. crispy curly pepperoni. Crispy yeah, curly get that pepperoni. right. The legendary crispy curly pepperoni. Crispy curly. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, I was looking at that pepperoni pizza on the website, and it it literally fills every square inch of that pie. They're little teacups of joy. Just, uh, yeah. Everybody, oh, nice. <laughs> we we have we have trademarked pizza the way it ought, pizza the way it ought to be. So the legendary crispy curly pepperoni is part of that. Um, that's a little bit harder to to, to trademark. Legendary, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know everyone that's uh, had Mountain Mike's, um, they they know. You know, when they when they think about legendary crispy curly pepperoni, Mountain Mike's is in that first thought. Yeah. Let's go back to that franchise question. The key question is consistency. Is there any particular approach that has made you particularly successful in keeping everything rock solid, consistent? Meaning I go to a mountain bikes in Stockton and then I go to Robin Hoods and then I go to Nevada and then I go to Utah. And in the experience is absolutely rock solid the same. The the flavor profile, the pizza, the portions, the service, you know, the cleanliness, all those things are as I would expect. You know, if I closed my eyes, I wouldn't know what mountain mics I was in because they're all consistently. I mean, how do you do that? <clears throat> yep. That's always the challenge in any any brand, right? Especially as you get yep. bigger in here. And so you have to have clear standards around, you know, what is the process and then a really solid training program that hits those standards and make sure you put the whys behind. Why do we do toppings edge to edge? Why do we do dough made fresh daily? And it's got this kind of, you know, shelf life and things like that. And so you got to tie that to the consumer experience like you're just talking about. Uh, and then you have to have the back end closed loop, right? So you need to go out. We have franchise business coaches that support every one of our franchisees restaurants. And so they're very highly visible in the restaurants and, and from a communication uh, perspective with franchisees, we visit restaurants a lot and we'll do spot checks on products and procedures. And uh, we even use a third party company to come in and, and look at that as well. So we have multiple sets of eyes across every single restaurant. That's not to say you're going to have issues because, you know, every transaction, right, is an opportunity for success or, or not. Um, but yeah, that's the, the processes that we've put around there. But it starts with the mindset, making sure the franchisee is fully bought into executing against standards and consistency. And then they create that culture and the, uh, the follow-up within their individual restaurants to make sure that's happening. I want to add just one thing to that because, you know, also I remember when we were first sort of meeting the franchisees and going around to the stores and, 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 uh, and we'd ask them, Hey, mountain Mike's has been so successful over the years. You've been here for 10, 15 years. What do you attribute the success of Mountain Mike's to? They all said the same thing. The quality of the pizza. They believe in the product. You know, they believe in the product. There's not, we don't have franchisees thinking that, hey, I can make a better pizza. You know, that's the, that's the last thing you want. You know, buy in and have passion for the product. That's first and foremost, uh, uh, you know, a key element with all of our franchisees. So if you get that right, particularly in the pizza business, because, you know, 86, 87% of our sales are pizza. We're not in the, you know, 
pasta and chicken business. We're in the pizza business. So our franchisees love the pizza. They love to execute. They love to serve the guests. They love to see their faces. Um, so that's also makes it easier. Yeah. And I would tell you that, you know, the selection of, you know, team members in a restaurant is the most critical selection. Same thing with franchisees. So every franchise candidate uh, who is interested in Mount Mike's comes through a, a discovery day here in Newport Beach and sits down with me personally and my leadership team. And we spend a day talking about the brand. And what I always tell them, it's like we're dating, right? So I need them to know what they're getting into. And I need to know what I'm getting into with them. Because if we don't share that same mindset around, you know, consistency, executing the brand for what it is, then we need to part ways right then. It's not, it's not a relationship that we need to have. So we actually make sure that they do exhibit the mindset of being involved in the community, serving their teams, um, understanding this is not a uh, entrepreneurial, uh, I'm going to run my restaurant the way I want to and put whatever I want on the menu, but we're going to execute Mountain Mike's and there's a lot of value behind that. Uh, there's a, there's power behind the brand. And so we make sure that we do that uh, to make sure that, you know, we, we get off on the right foot. So you must have very, uh, well, I'm getting the sense that there's very high, you know, standards and very stringent evaluation of these candidates before they even have a discovery day. What do you look for in a potential franchisee? What qualifications, what experience, that sort of thing? Not just being able to write a big check to Mountain Mike's and say, right. okay, I'm in. What, what do you look for? Yeah, there's a lot of brands who've made that mistake. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm all about operations, right? And so I, I look for, from a background on paper, uh, me and my team, we look for hospitality experience That's or something that translates into hospitality experience. So if they've run restaurants, uh, that's always good. Um, if they've done other things that serve people, I think that's important. Um, but then, um, yeah, obviously there's financial requirements and, and, um, and we interview them over the phone, things like that, and just make sure that they are going to execute the brand the way we want them to. And then eventually, you know, if they're still interested, we'll bring them in and we're interested into that discovery day and make sure that they have that DNA uh, that it takes. And one of the stories I usually tell in discovery day is, you know, I've been in the business for so long and I would talk to people and they're like, yeah, when I retire, I want to open a restaurant. And I'm like, well, I thought you said you wanted to retire because opening a restaurant is the opposite of yeah. retiring. It is full on commitment 24 seven. And so we got to make sure people understand that um, getting into the business. So just to add to that, to, uh, to what Jim said, the other thing that we're, we're seeing that's great about Mountain Mike's right now is now that we're no longer the best kept secret in pizza, there's all these other terrific multi-brand, multi-unit professional franchisees that are becoming interested in the brand. And, you know, as Jim has said, we have Mountain Mike's being developed in eight states. That's going to continue to grow. But we've had some franchisees that are franchisees of other great food brands, you know, from Jersey Mike's to, uh, you know, some of the Yum brands and, you know, other great, uh, you know, uh, other great brands uh, to speak of as well, but um, that are really becoming interested in Mountain Mike's. And they don't want to just do one Mountain Mike's. They want three, five, ten. So it's really become, uh, you know, a brand that is really resonating with people. And honestly, it's very rewarding to see have someone come to us who's already with a great brand. Like I'll say Jersey Mike's as an yes. example. Yes, of course. Tons of Jersey Mike's people interested in Mountain Mike's. Mm -hmm. And not only because of the word Mike. Yeah. yeah they a... see some of the same potential they saw in Jersey Mike's 15 years ago 
that's a world-class business, you know, world-class in every respect. And so we're blessed to have folks like that now becoming our partners. That's going to really help the brand uh, extend itself. That's up-leveling the entire operation. So that leads to my next question. We talked about staff development. We talked about finance, marketing, operations, all these critical pieces of a successful franchise. Is there a certain accountability or evaluation where you've got 200 plus units and they all have to maintain a certain level of profitability and approach to the community and you evaluate them? Is there some sort of scorecard or you know, report card on an annual basis? Do you sit down with each individual one and tell them how they're doing in relation to the other pieces of the pie? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I'll take that one, Chris. <clears throat> we actually have a process um, that we do do that. It's I call it a two by two. It looks like objective measures against things like third party evaluations, uh, guest sentiment, uh, food safety. Uh, and then we also look at leadership, uh, engagement in the community. So we're looking at both, are people doing well from a KPI perspective, metrics perspective, and yes. then are they doing it the right way? Are they leading the right way within their restaurants? Do they have the right mindset? Um, are they taking care of their people? They're taking care of their community. And so we actually plot those. Now I haven't sat down. This is, it's kind of an evolution, right? So we, we came in, we've established some of these things. We do talk to our franchisees a lot about how they're doing, but this process uh, we actually haven't rolled out yet where we sit down and say, here's where you are versus somebody else. It's more like, here's your, where do you see your opportunities? Here's where we see your opportunities. Let's work together to create a, 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 a plan to help you, um, you know, continue to move up. And it's always a coaching. It's never a, um, let's call it a hammer. Uh, you know, I've been in that kind of system before. Uh, I think that's a problem. I think it's, hey, we're all trying to solve for the same thing. Uh, let's work together to get better and better. Success at the store level equals Mountain Mike's overall success. Absolutely. One store at a time. You know, we briefly touched on the labor shortage, which is killing this industry right now. And it's not sustainable, of course. And restaurants are now paying higher wages than ever before just to compete with other industries, bonuses, incentives you know, unheard of a, a year and a half ago, what some restaurants are now paying. Are you, do you have any magic formula for how you're working with your, you know, your individual stores to sort of find that balance? Because obviously increased labor costs, reduce margins and all that. And, you know, where do you find the, where's that balance come from? Yeah. I don't think there's a magic bullet to it. Right. Um, the, what people prioritize as, important in this space versus a year ago is a little bit different. Um, and it's all, you know, what's most important, what we hear from team members right now is entry-level comp, right? That's because everybody is, you know, yes. I went through, uh, I, I drove past a, a McDonald's last week and I think it said starting team member 15 or 16 bucks an hour out here, right? So when you, when you're out there, <laughs> the whole supply demand, you're going to take, you're going to take advantage of that. So you're going to be looking for the highest price, but it really, you know, long term, what I've always preached and what I've always lived and experienced is you create the right culture in your restaurant and the people that work there that feel like they're part of a family will tell their friends, which if you have good employees, that's one of the best place to get other good employees is a good employee's friend gives a referral um, and bringing that people on. And then that retention and that turnover 
uh, the turnovers reduce, your retention goes up. That's the long-term magic. But I think that we're in this, let's call it, I'm going to say it's a short term, which means in the next, you know, six to nine months, uh, uh, just time frame where you've got to compete on the wage. And so you've got to be out there looking for the right people, but willing to pay them to bring them in uh, and then give them a good experience. That they'll stay. I think there's a few things gravitational that will uh, change. Um, but, you know, right now it's a firefight. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I've always believed in the concept of recruiting versus hiring. And I think that's a message every operator needs to hear right now, because the old school way of thinking is, you know, I'm just going to stick a sign in the window or up on my changeable message, you know, sign now, you know, whatever now hiring, you see it everywhere you go. And it's really about you take your good people and you incentivize them to send you other good people. And if they work out, then you incentivize that person. So that's my personal story. I mean, you go back in time, 26 years ago, I started my very first pizzeria in a small town and there was a hotel going in at the very same time I'm starting to staff this or trying to staff this restaurant. This hotel needed like 200 employees, housekeepers and bartenders and servers and front desk people. And I had to recruit and everyone, I believe every business has at least one, what I call the A player. And that was really the key. You go to your A players or even your B players and you say, who else do you know that shares that philosophy that you think would be a good member of our team? And you just build from there. And it's so much better than hiring someone else's headaches just to get a warm body in the door. Right Mm -hmm. now. So thanks for sharing. I I thought that was so great that that you mentioned that. It's so important right now. Wow. We've covered a lot of ground today. What have we missed guys? What else do you want to talk about? Probably a little bit about the franchise opportunity, just because I, you know, Please I think do. it's so compelling, and yeah. uh, you know, it's just something that's so near and dear to all of our hearts. You know, myself, Ed, and and Jim, and you know, for us, it really starts with you know, capitalizing on what that AUV and sales opportunity is. You gotta you gotta make sure you have that covered. And you know, for Mountain Mike's, um, I will say, look, I mean, it used to be when we acquired the man five years ago that million dollar sales was that you know big marker. Well, gosh, now the majority of our stores do over a million dollars, right? So our yes. top 25% do a million six. Our top half of the system now a million three. Uh, we now have a handful of stores above two million, uh, which is a number that no one was even close to five years ago. So so it starts with that because that's where you, know, uh, you have the biggest opportunity to make that profit and that return on your franchise investment. But coming into this for us, you know, Having been Burger King franchisees, one of our biggest uh, issues was you, you couldn't rationalize building another store. The returns just weren't there. So what did that mean for us? Well, for us, what we want to make sure is offered with uh, the franchise opportunity is, you know, if you invest, you know, $450,000, you're going to return that capital in three years or less. I mean, that's pretty much how we set this up. The whole team is organized around that. Our new store design, which we introduced last year, is around that. and and so. Uh, you know, we we have a compelling opportunity where you can build the mountain mics for within that uh, amount of money I just described, and you know your margins are good enough where you should be able to return all that capital in three years or less. And and if by golly you're lucky enough to find a conversion opportunity of another pizza restaurant or uh, Italian restaurant uh, where you can actually convert that to a mountain mics, you can do even a lot better than that. So that's the thing we're most proud of. It's the reason why almost every one of our franchisees are interested in growth. It's why we have so many other uh, new to the system, new brands, new franchisees interested in Mountain Mike's. But that's what it's all about. You know, not only having fun as a restaurant operator, but having a good business. I mean, that's that's what you have to have out there. Do your locations have liquor licenses? 
Yes, every one of them. Fantastic. Okay, I meant to ask. I mean, especially uh, beer and a, wine. Beer and uh, wine. Beer and okay. wine. Okay, but at a sports gathering place, you need yes. you need that. Yes, and that obviously helps contribute to those big numbers. Right. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. What about real estate? Do you scout out locations for your potential franchisees? Do you have, obviously, if you have real estate professionals, that that's what they do. I mean, that's a key part of any major franchise, right? The location is so critically important. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we actually have an in-house development team. Um, usually pair our franchisees with brokers, but we review every single trader and every single site that um, a franchisee might bring in. Uh, we actually have a, a development committee that meets actually today, once a week. And everybody, the whole leadership team, Chris and Ed, are there. We approve every single site just to make sure we're all aligned as, as we go forward. But we have we definitely uh, partner with our franchisees to help them uh, find the right opportunities. And what's the onboarding process with a new franchisee? They come to Newport Beach and they spend so much time in your test stores and they go through the whole process and they serve the guest and they make the food and they literally get indoctrinated into the company culture and all that stuff. Tell us about that. That's it. You just did. No. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> yeah. They, 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 we have a one week um, in, in uh, the franchise sports center of training, mm -hmm. classroom training. So they yes. all come in and yes, I indoctrinated, I guess is the right word. It doesn't, it sounds kind of, I don't know, kind of creepy, but yeah, they come in, we talk about culture. We talk about, you know, basics of running the restaurants and then specifics around standards, uh, soup to nuts, which, you know, you're taking in a lot of information. In that of course. Oh, yeah, then it's we, very we, intensive. Yeah. And then you got to get your, your, your hands dirty. They go out to the restaurants, they get between three and four weeks of training, just depending on their background. So like if they're industry veterans and run restaurants, they probably only need three. It just depends. Uh, and we're out there, you know, shoulder to shoulder with them and uh, making sure that they're certified and they can actually run a restaurant uh, the right way for Mountain Mike's. And, uh, and then obviously in the same time, our development team's working with them to help get their restaurant, uh, through the construction process. And, um, and once they are certified and the restaurant gets turned over, we support them from a, um, you know, train, we don't train their crew, but we support them and them training their crew. And we're there, uh, just to make sure everything goes right. And then we support their opening, um, and they blow the doors off. And uh, we also on the marketing Everybody side, cheers. Yeah, they're like, yeah, man, Chris, really. But, yeah, yeah. You get the 49ers course, quarterback in there to do the yeah, grand opening. Yeah, right. Well, who that's is the quarterback? I don't know. We don't know who the quarterback is yet. That's right. Um, and of course, the marketing team, they're alongside the whole way. There's so much things that have to happen in, in opening a new restaurant. Uh, they're working with the franchisees and uh, executing the different, uh, let's call it local store market activation. And, uh, and then, yeah, we open up the restaurant and, and blow the doors off and go from there. Do you have a summary of the company culture that we've been talking about? I mean, we mentioned a lot of different things that go into the Mountain Mike's culture, but how do you, what is the culture? How do you define it? Um, from a uh, franchise support center, we're all about serving our franchisees to basically, I hate to say it, it sounds cheesy, make their dreams come true, but it's really helped them uh, really uh, realize the, the legacy they're trying to get here. But everything we do, in the franchise support center is with the franchisee in mind. So these have been the most challenging times, of course. The past year and a half has been devastating in the industry. Hundreds of thousands of restaurants have closed across the country. Those that are still standing, 
What's your best advice to operators, whether they be independents, franchisees, owners of small chains, whatever, to keep going? And what's the future look like in, in your mind? What would you say to them? Yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's all about three things. If you're a restaurateur, it's about focusing on your teams because uh, they are the most important. Uh, and then focusing on your community and your guests and focusing on the product that you serve. And if you, you feel like you're doing the best you can in all three of these, uh, you're going to, things are going to take care of themselves. Excellent. Chris, how about you? Oh, that's hard to talk. You know, I mean, it's like, put your uh, spin on it, Chris, come on. Well, you know, I'd say never give up, never give up. You know, you're always going to face challenges in life, you know, whether you're running a restaurant or any other type of business, uh, get up every day, do the best you can, uh, be good to your people, be a servant leader, um, as opposed to a, you know, a talker and a director and just, you know, show up every day, be on time. Fantastic. This has been a great conversation, guys. I so appreciate your being on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And for our audience, if you're intrigued with this opportunity, check out mountainmikespizza.com. You can learn all about the concept and the franchise opportunity there. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We'll see everyone in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jim, at Mountain Mike's Pizza. Wow, there were so many key learnings here, and it all comes down to systems. Any successful franchise has systems in place to dial in the operation. So whether you've got a small chain, whether you've got a franchise, or you're just the independent operator listening, just know that systems are your exit strategy. It's the key to building what I call the dream team staff to really dialing in your finances, your marketing, and really operating your restaurant on all cylinders. If you need help with systems in your operation, look no further than restaurantrockstars.com. Our Restaurant Rockstars Academy is a turnkey series of systems that covers that critical financial piece, the marketing piece, the staff training piece, gets your staff selling, not just serving. It's really the magic formula for restaurants only at restaurantrockstars.com. Thanks to our sponsors of this week's episode. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.